Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. This week's guest is a true kindred spirit. We just clicked immediately. Kate Ward is a textile artist based in Nova Scotia, Canada, and today we're chatting about mindful mending. This goes along with our theme two weeks ago of the repair revolution, why we should repair not just for the environment, but for garment workers around the world, and some amazing tips for how to repair practically and beautifully. Kate brings stitching to the next level and talks about the physiological and mental stimulation handwork and stitching can bring about, making us calmer, happier, and more satisfied. I hope you love this conversation as much as I did having it, and as usual, excuse my audio. Kate sounds great, but my audio got a little weird. That's okay. Let's jump on in and enter into the world of Zen stitching. Well, let's see now. Um, I am first and foremost a textile artist, and I've been practicing textiles for as long as I can remember. I've even got pictures of myself sitting on my grandfather's veranda on his farm, and I would have been about at the age of four, and I was learning to knit even then. So, wow. you know. Knitting can be quite challenging, uh, especially for a four-year-old who's having trouble learning how to hold things. But it's kind of been an integral part of my life. Growing up, I was very fortunate to be surrounded by a very strong group of women who all practiced textiles, either knitting or sewing clothes or making quilts or spinning. And so it was just part of my natural environment. So it's it's something that's kind of intrinsic to my nature. Um, but the Zen stitching has kind of come about more recently. As a creative person, I, I wear many hats and I rush around mm-hmm. and I go to many different uh, jobs. So I'll rush over here and I'll teach somewhere and then I go somewhere else and I'll teach somewhere else. And it was at that time that I was starting to get into uh, hand stitching and um, I had to put together a sampler for one of the courses that I was about to teach. And up until this time, I'd done a lot of like cross stitches and I've did, I'd sewed a lot of my own clothes, but I didn't really see the virtue of sitting down and doing embroidery. You know, if you wanted something made, you sewed it and it was sewed quickly and you could wear it. And so I kind of zipped about from one part of my life to the next to the next until I needed to sit down and get this um, sampler created in time for this course, which I didn't really have time to do. So I, mm-hmm. I really had to make time to sit down and do it. And it was during this process that I realized that I actually really enjoyed the, like I started to look forward to it, you know, sort of sitting down and just doing this, um, this needlework. And as a result of that, that was kind of how Zen stitching came about, was just an awareness of how soothing and calming the practice of mending clothes is. That is so beautiful because I I feel that I've had a very similar um, experience. I think I was in university and wanted to use sewing as a creative outlet, but at the time I didn't have a sewing machine. And so just starting to kind of pick away at a project um, by hand was actually really satisfying at the time. And as opposed to growing up, I had done a lot of just quick sewing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to just chop up the pattern, make it all um, in a day and uh, wear it the next day. Um, But it was a neat experience to have to slow down and to kind of enjoy the 
the leisure of it where you're sitting listening to an audiobook or you're watching TV or something or you know just like enjoying other people's company and and sewing while you're doing it and I think that's a really fun way to look at it yeah oh absolutely and um as someone who always needs to be busy you know like you've kind of you've got to be doing something all the time so I didn't allow myself or I didn't give myself permission to just sit and relax and so through doing this stitching that was kind of my way of justifying sitting still (laughs) I had this conversation with um, my husband on a couple episodes ago we were talking about how um, he will read aloud um, a book to me and um uh, or I would read aloud to him, but it's yeah. fallen more on him to to read things aloud to me because if I'm reading aloud, then he'll just fall asleep. <laughs> if he's reading aloud, then I get all kinds of things done. I do all my sewing, I do my mending, I'll like be doing a craft or like drawing or something while he's reading to me. And so it's actually like a way to help me as a busy person. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just love that. I love that idea of sitting down and, and connecting in such a way because you're mm-hmm. both um, focused on activities and you're connecting and engaging, which is so much more stimulating than just sitting in front of the television. Oh yeah, or, you know, watching watching a movie or something. I I love that. I um. I heard that one of your favorite books was The Count of Monte Cristo. Did, yes. you, <laughs> did you read through that one as well? That sounds like quite yeah. the, the massive undertaking. It was huge. Yeah. So when I when we read that one, when my husband read that one aloud, it was um I was weaving a rug because I had gone to like the Pioneer Village Museum nearby my house and uh, had learned about rug making and how they would use scrap fabric and like cut them into long strips and then tie the strips together and then they would like weave it into a rug so I built myself a loom in my garage and then I was just like weaving a rug while he read (laughs) that's so awesome (laughs) very ugly rug (laughs) but it's fine Uh, I bet you love it though and that's the main thing yeah Yeah, exactly and uh, when we read the Lord of the Rings trilogy I knit my first sweater so it's fun to associate like these two activities together like the book that we were reading aloud at the same time that I was doing a different project (laughs) (laughs) that's totally awesome That's so fun. So when when did Zen Stitching begin and um, how did it kind of become? Is it a business, a company? Yeah, it's well, I think of it as a lifestyle. It's um, awesome. but it's it's definitely more than that as well. So the, the Zen Stitching as a, a business, which is where I like to share and teach my creativity to others, uh, that's probably been around for about five years I think Mm -hmm. and um, it just started very organically I you may have heard that I have an accent so originally I'm from Australia and I'm living now in Nova Scotia Canada and Mm -hmm. I came over here seven years ago to um, do an artist in residence program and I loved it (laughs) exactly yep (laughs) same old story huh And um, so one of the things that I was um, doing during, because I went to art school and I did my master's over here, and one of the things that I was doing to just um, help 
keep myself afloat was I would be teaching these art lessons and um, it just kind of gathered momentum from there and I thought well I really love sharing this knowledge with these lovely ladies like I have not had one unpleasant person in my class who all loves this thing I know it's just stunning so um, it kind of is just grown organically which is which is just delightful and um, I think I get as much from the ladies who learn these techniques from me as they do from learning the techniques. So it's it's a really beautiful two-way sharing. So um. <laughs> like uh, other people might be like, I don't like sewing, but I really love sewing. So I'm really into this conversation. <laughs> the zen side of it too I don't know if you feel like expanding a little bit more on that as a theme that uh, the therapeutic aspect of sitting and stitching and then we can get into a little bit about the types of hand stitching that uh, you kind of promote now yeah totally so it kind of um, it was a, a bit of a throwaway line that my partner said to me about the zen stitching and um I suddenly thought it is zen stitching (laughs) it is zen you know because zen these days is a a slang word for peaceful and relaxed and Mm -hmm. quite often they're the um feelings that you experience when you're sitting and stitching because you generally need to be sedentary and you're just kind of sitting there and you're focusing on the stitches and you're focusing on the feel of the 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 needle and the fabric as it's passing through the fabric the needle and the thread it's really quite interesting because I started to think about it some more and I realized that this kind of crafting activity stitching and need weaving and knitting they're categorized as active meditation because when your hands are busy with making something or, or creating something with that repetition and that process your mind is free to focus on other things and Mm -hmm. quite often that's where the zen comes in you kind of lose yourself in in the bliss of the moment rather Mm -hmm. than kind of being tied up in in worrying about things so I think um, in some senses it's to do with our sensory perception of things our fingers um yeah, have been oh, I don't know they're they've got little as we know we've got sensors on our fingertips and they're connected to a part of our body of relaxation so when we're using our fingers we get these um, this sense of relaxation and it's tied in more with the um, the yoga when you sit and you do your different um, finger exercises or postures I don't know much about the yoga side of things but one of my students is a yoga instructor and she's like oh my goodness yes it totally makes sense when you touch (laughs) you know you pinch your four fingers together it it connects to different chakras or different um, energy zones within the body so I thought that was quite interesting that it's there's quite a lot of depth to doing something that a lot of people might not see as something um, very serious perhaps mm-hmm. or give it, give it a lot of weight, I guess. I love um, that it's got a, a physiological aspect to it as well, that it's not just kind of doing something repetitive, it's that there's something to do with the tips of your fingers and um, 
repetitive movements that are relaxing and allow you to kind of zone out in a way or um, become more peaceful and calm, assuming that your project isn't very frustrating. Like if you're coming <laughs> Maybe you're a little too tense. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> there, there is definitely some unzen moments, that's for sure. <laughs> Especially if you get yourself into a zen tangle. <laughs> it's so funny, too, that with my sewing machine, I've had it repaired once or twice. And uh, whenever something does go wrong with my sewing machine, I don't know how to fix it. Like, I don't know the anatomy of a sewing machine enough to be able to take things apart untangle it fix it so it doesn't get caught again really I know a lot of people would be able to fix that but um, in my case I don't so when I'm hand stitching something I'm like okay there's a knot here I'll just tie it off start a new piece of thread keep stitching or like like the only thing that could dysfunction with this is me so (laughs) that's nice to know Oh, totally. And that's one of the things that I love about stitching too is you don't need a whole great big studio full of mm-hmm. machines to be able to create, you know, it's it's sim- simply a piece of fabric, some needle and a thread and then your imagination. So yeah. it's it, that's what I really love about it too You'd be, and you can take it anywhere. <laughs> so true, yeah. So what are some of the kind of stitching techniques that you teach either in your workshops um, online in person um, or are kind of talking about the most um, as far as zen stitching goes it could be the sashiko style or whatever it is that you like to draw from for your inspiration but what kind of techniques are you talking about when it comes to getting zen with your stitching well it does encompass all but one of the areas that I'm particularly fascinated with right now is the sashiko stitching and that's um, a style of stitching and mending that comes from Japan and um, it's just so beautiful because it's so simple all it is is a running stitch and therein I think lies its simplicity and yet it can be Mm -hmm. quite complex because depending on how you put these very simple running stitches, you can create these most beautiful and in, intrinsic patterns. It's just stunning. You know, you can sit there and, and the mind can try and oh, figure out like how to untangle them for want of a better word, trying to follow the line of the thread of the stitching. And um, one of the brilliant things about this style of mending is you're looking, so for example, with the Western style embroidery, we're kind of taught to work on one particular little area and then move on and do another area. Say, for example, if you're stitching flowers or stitching Mm -hmm. leaves, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Whereas with the um, sashiko style of stitching, you're stitching in rows. So you're kind of stitching, say, left to right or kind of like weaving, left to right. And then you're, as you're moving those stitches up your fabric, you then come back in and you're stitching from top to bottom. So in some senses, the thread that you're working with starts to emulate the way um, the cloth is woven with your warps mm. and your wefts, if you want to get technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know that. I built a loom. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so... Um, that's that's what I, I love about it. It's it's really simple. 
that's what I like to teach is the simplicity. And so anybody who can pick up a needle and a thread can do these um, stitches. And in fact, I even teach young children as well as adults because it is something that everyone can do Um, and it's then the complexity comes in when you're starting to add uh, um, different versions of the stitches and and the way the stitches are, are put together it's so wonderful to do and it's so easy to get started Mm-hmm. And then I like how you brought in the fact that it is almost creating um, this, a similar weave to what the fabric would have had, the warp and the weft, so your verticals and your horizontal weaving. And mm. because in a way that is not just applying a beautiful uh, embroidery design to the top of a piece of fabric, it's also strengthening it in a way. So when you are using Sashiko to make patches or mend clothing, uh, it's not just... Um, aesthetically beautiful it's also very practical which I love let's talk a little bit about the importance of repairing in this day and age that is such a throwaway culture it's such a buy 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 a buy new uh, kind of culture that we live in Um, where does repairing and mending come into that both for our mental health and for our planet oh my goodness (laughs) this is such a big topic and as you know and this is something that's so close to my heart so Mm -hmm. um I'll describe it the way I came to it so um, particularly with one pair of jeans that I'm I'm mending and mending and mending so they're a pair of jeans that I, I bought secondhand um when I was going through art school and they weren't particularly precious so they were my studio jeans it didn't matter if they got dirty or you know I could wipe my hands on them anything like that so I was doing a lot of ceramics at the time so they were getting quite dirty and you know they're doing quite a lot of hard work Mm -hmm. and um, when they first started getting holes in them the reason why I mended them was because I didn't have another pair of pants or trousers in my um, wardrobe that I was prepared to turn into my studio jeans and I wasn't prepared to go out and buy another pair just for the sake of having some new studio jeans so it was it was um, in some senses a case of mending um, as a budget restriction I guess you could say mm-hmm. which is just wonderful because when you start to realize how much you spend on a pair of jeans and how many pairs of jeans we own, it's kind of crazy. So I did some research because I'm like, really? I have Because I like to think of myself as someone who is not really a consumer or try not to be as much as possible. And I read an article that said that the average American owns, I think it was six pairs of jeans. And I'm like, wow, that's that's loads. <laughs> He'd possibly have six pairs of jeans. So anyway, I went and um, counted how many pairs of jeans I had in my closet and I had eight. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's absolutely amazing. How, how is that so? To, uh, to my defence, most of the jeans that I own are either secondhand or, in fact, they are all secondhand yeah. or um, yeah. made out of wool um so I'm supporting the wool industry there with these these jeans made out of wool which is pretty awesome let's come back but, to that that sounds yeah cool. oh it's totally awesome yeah and so I'm like my goodness I own eight pairs of jeans and that's coming from someone who tries to be very mindful of shopping and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so I thought well 
with these studio jeans that I've mended and I've mended and I've mended. So I've mended these jeans now in excess of 13 times. It's getting to the point where I'm I'm mending the men's, you know, they're loved jeans. (laughs) But if you think every time you buy a pair of jeans, it's on average, say $100, maybe sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on um, your budget and what kind of jeans you're after. But that's $1,300 that I've saved just from one pair of jeans. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that's like, oh my goodness, wow. It gives me um, goosebumps just even thinking about it. And that's that's the monetary side of things. But there's also the um, environmental side of things as well. And this makes me really sad to talk about because um, it's just awful. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, and we all know how bad uh, a lot of the fast fashion is for the environment. And so I thought, well, I'm going to look into this some more because I, I'm interested to know exactly what the effects are of a pair of jeans on the environment. And through my research, I found out that about one third of the world's jeans come from one particular city in China, and it's called Xingtang. This city is so highly polluted because they have no regulations on Mm. waste. So all of the chemicals that are used to create the genes get put directly into their water system, Yeah, which is just horrendous and it gives me goosebumps uh in a in a not good way <laughs> the picture yeah. of um Zintan with uh me of it was just like a what would you call that like a a sewer pipe or something like that like a, a pipe that's leaking out into yeah. the river that goes through the city and it is indigo blue like it is denim blue water that's coming out yeah. of there and it's not a natural looking color for water and it's it's shocking mm-hmm. it's shocking to think of it yeah it is it's it's crazy to to see so you've got these visuals of this blue 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 water going in and contaminating the waterways and then the all the chemicals that are within this water so it's not just a colorant that's uh, you know uh, polluting the environment but it's all the chemicals within it as well so for every pair of jeans that are made up to three kilos of chemicals are required to get it to be the way they mm-hmm. are, which I know it's crazy. Like a pair of jeans is weighs about a kilo. So it's like three times that amount just to create the jeans mm-hmm. itself. And so it kind of toxicity of these, of the waterways, you're looking at a pH of about 14, which is incredibly alkaline. So if you think it's even more acidic than, say, wine, orange juice, Coca-Cola, like it's up there. It would start to dissolve your skin after a while. Like it's it's that bad. So when you think about just how polluting one pair of jeans is in that sense, it's pretty crazy. And then there's also, um, you know, because the fashion is for our jeans to have um, lots of holes in them and, and wear marks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And these are created by generally little old ladies in factories, and they have no health or safety on, and they've got a hand sander, and they attack these jeans with a hand sander to put the holes in the jeans really? and the, the worn areas. Yeah, so they're 
their lungs and the air quality is also really bad because all this denim and chemical um, dust is being released into the air. So the conditions for the workers, for that the whole town, that whole city is just crazy. Like it's got this blue kind of haze. It's mind-boggling to consider because we just um, here in North America never see that. And it's mm. it's very alarming to to have it be described. And I guess until you really see kind of pictures of those things, like it doesn't really feel real or doesn't seem to make sense really. And so mm. I'll be sure to share some of the images that you've shared with me just to be able to kind of make it visual for people um, to kind of see the repercussions of the fast fashion industry and and how intense it is. Yeah, I know. It's it's totally crazy. <laughs> and so I'd, I'd that would be lovely if you Definitely, could share that yeah. with people because it's it's quite an eye opener I I found. We through mending our clothes, that's where we can really start to make a difference because you know sometimes you see all this horrible stuff and you're like, "Oh, what what can I do to, you know, how can I help? I'm just Absolutely, one person." Yeah. And um, that's where mending our clothes really can have such a big impact. There's statistics that say just for um, extending our clothes by nine months, we reduce water, the water footprint by up to 30%. Wow. So, you know, little things like mending your jeans can, um, you know, it can save so much in the long run, not to mention your own mental health. <laughs> yeah, which we've talked about. And I love, I love that there's all of these different tie-ins to a simple thing or what feels like a simple thing of mending. And what mm. about for people who have zero skill and perhaps zero interest um, in sewing? How do you recommend going about making sure that our clothes are being mended? Like are a ripped pair of jeans that have a rip in the knee or a rip in the crotch, are those easily repaired at a tailor's or something like that? Like would they be able to repair something like that or would they consider it not worth it? Oh, no, absolutely. I think um, some of my first forays into stitched or, or mended garments are were taken to the tailors oh, or you know, that, that kind of thing. There's lots of seamstresses out there as well who will um, mend clothes, sew on buttons, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, and because of um, the, the home industry at the moment, it's supporting people who may not have been so fortunate with everything that's happening with COVID mm-hmm. at the moment. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful way of, of giving back to the community by if you have absolutely no desire to mend your own clothes, ask someone who would love to do it for That's you. That's a great idea. And if, if you're also not interested in uh, visual mending, there's always um, in more invisible mending techniques for ways to kind of hide a mend um, or make it more subtle. Um, absolutely. Yeah, but like, also yeah. get into the Zen stitching and the Sashiko and all kinds of different visible mending. Um, even finding like, if you have a piece of um, clothing that is no good for mending anymore, but you've saved it as a scrap to do whatever projects with, you can always um, use the beautiful fabric to to patch or to mend something else and extend the life of that piece of fabric in that way. Yes, yes, absolutely. And there's so many ways that you can do repurpose your clothes once they're past the point of no yeah. return. And weave them like I um, imagine you were doing with some of your. Um... <laughs> Maybe I'll include a picture of that this week too. 
That would be awesome. I would love to see that. But it's a rug. (laughs) Um, What are your online classes like? Can you tell me a bit about the structure of those now that uh, have they always been online or did they switch um, as a result of COVID? A bit of both. Um, So I was in the process of putting them together online at the beginning of this year, just before everything kind Mm -hmm. of went sideways and um, what I really like about the online classes is so they're all all video and you have pdf downloadable documents that go along with Mm -hmm. it but they're close up yeah so it means that if you're a visual learner um, but you need some memory pumps you've got both options there and um, they're broken down into modules and we start with the very basics how to not tie a knot how to thread a needle, what kind of materials you should use for mending because some materials are are better than others, yeah. And then we kind of go in from there. So it kind of guides you very considerately, I guess, through the steps of what you need. So starting at the very beginning and then working our way through simple, easy-to-sew patterns and then through to some of the more complex ones. And one of the reasons I like the online course is it's all um, shot with close-ups of my hands so you can see exactly what I'm doing every step of the yeah. way. Yeah, which is a, that's one of the, um, I guess, the setbacks of doing an in-person class because a lot of this stuff is so small that you really need to gather around and, and watch really, really closely to see what's going on. So with the videos, you can, you can press play, you can press pause, you can rewind and, you know, you can kind of, you can absorb it in your own time. And so if it doesn't make sense the first time around, you can go back and, and watch it again. Once you're in the class, you're, you have access to this information for life. So if you ever need to come back in and refresh your memory at any stage, you most certainly can. And you also become part of the Zen stitching community. So all the other lovely ladies and gentlemen who have participated in my class, we get together and we share projects that we're working on, patterns that we might find that are available on the internet. And if we have any questions, that's also a really nice time to share them as well. That sounds so lovely. And I think that would be also such a lovely gift to give someone like purchasing this online class for somebody else um, who is just starting to show an interest in sewing is just interested um, for the first time in mending their clothes and really doesn't know where to start like it seems like a really high quality intro course um, to get started in this repair revolution in a way. Mm, absolutely and I've also even had um, mother and daughters sign mm. up as a way of yeah which is so lovely so they get together and they spend time working through the stitches and um, even during the COVID time when we were in total lockdown I would have mothers on one side of the country and their daughters on the other so their grown-up daughters and they'd get together and they'd stitch and connect that way oh good idea to do that as a group too if you're living with roommates or if you wanted to do it long distance with other people like to be working away at the same projects could be an interesting way to um, connect and socialize like what we were saying at the beginning kind of makes me think of quilting bees and stuff the days of yore when people would all gather around and uh, sew together and it would be as much a social activity as it would be a practical way to many hands make light work accomplish something in a day 
Yeah, it, it's really interesting. And um, just through the act of sitting and having something in your hands, I think for some people particularly who might have social anxieties, it's a really nice way of connecting because it takes the emphasis off the person yeah. Yeah. and you can just kind of be working away at your project but you can engage in the conversation as and when you'd like I think that's why a lot of people really enjoy these stitching communities because you can get together and you can have a chat and you can be doing a little bit of stitching at the side yeah. entirely at your discretion oh, I love it there were a few happening here in Peterborough um, in my hometown before COVID started as well that were just like dark days stitch club was one of them where yeah in the winter months every wednesday night they would gather at this one girl's house and and bring their mending or just sit and socialize but i also love when i see people um knitting on the bus or something like that on the train and and you just look up and how many times do they get asked oh what are you making like or whatever I'm just making a scarf or whatever but the the conversation is there and it's normalizing it I just love it you must have that question a lot (laughs) well I think it's really awesome because when I grow up um when I grew up it wasn't socially acceptable to knit or stitch like it was kind of considered a little bit bizarre I think or actually it was old-fashioned so you were considered old-fashioned if you you knitted or you stitched so and I love doing it, so I would try and be all cool at school and then I'd go home and secretly knit away. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's super awesome that, you know, people are knitting and, and everything in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, I could talk forever with this about you. It's been a pleasure <laughs> and a delight. It's been very fun. Um, yeah, it's funny. You don't. I don't actually know enough people that just love doing kind of hand crafts uh or like small small crafts like this or just I don't know just stitching and stuff I think that that is Mm -hmm. kind of still niche thing and I love having someone to talk about it with I have this one (laughs) pair of jeans that I have been trying to do uh turn into my forever pants like make them last forever Mm -hmm. um and I gotta say they're wearing very thin in most places but they look kind of cool with all the stitching so I'm gonna I'll keep going with them they sound awesome you'll have to send me sure, yeah I'd love yeah to I see. definitely will they've got like a patch from the <laughs> local farmer's market and stuff too so they were they were selling patches for a little while which I thought was also really nice because again that is a small little sewing project that you would probably do by hand you probably wouldn't pull out a sewing machine to sew a little fabric patch um onto something and so I, I just love that that was even a suggestion with the farmer's market that maybe you would like to hand sew this little project. Uh, so I was, I was into that. That's awesome. What a great mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of like that as a, like I've always wanted to do something for the podcast um, that isn't a sticker uh, because plastic. And so I was thinking of a fabric patch with the logo silk screened on there. Um, oh that's a lovely idea some sort of plant dye or something and then just be able to turn that into a repair revolution a reusable revolution like trying to think of things in that way anyway that was just one of the the ideas that's out there anybody Mm, who feels like doing that you pick that up and send me a copy whenever you make it (laughs) all right well I'll give it some thought I've already got some thoughts (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm serious though. What you can do, you can get this super awesome stuff um, and it's it's dissolvable. So you put it underwater and it dissolves. But it, what you can do is you can run it through the printer, print your design on it, and then you stick it to your clothing or yeah generally your fabric and then you can stitch following the lines of whatever happens to be printed out on this dissolvable uh, material so you, you so this could be your your sticker idea you could stick it on stitch however you want so it's got a bit of creativity yeah. you can use whatever you can put it wherever you want and then once you've done all the stitching you just put it in the water it dissolves and you've got this really cool design wherever you've done your that's really neat because then you don't have to have the artistic skill to first draw it out on your piece of uh, fabric and then it, it would be the similar a similar thing to just drawing something right onto the fabric like your sashiko pattern or like the practically zero waste logo if anybody wants to do that and then yeah but instead you'd be able to just print it and have a more elaborate design if you're not a visual artist in the first place when it comes to drawing <laughs> that's a really neat um idea cool yeah so I'll send you some links sure, to that kind thanks. of stuff so you can check it out because it's it's really easy and it's really accessible and so I do that with a lot of my more complex designs because sometimes people don't want don't have the patience to sit and draw out the complex oh, ones so yeah. you can just run it through a printer put it on your fabric stitch away and then you've got this beautiful beautiful design at the end of that's it. so cool that's kind of like cross stitching too right where you would be the the pattern would be screen printed already onto most cross stitching projects and then you'd yeah. stitch away at the design uh, I don't know why it never occurred to me to ask a textile artist but that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just need to brainstorm. You never know. <laughs> uh, who is inspiring you in the repair revolution or environmentally friendly community lately that you would like to share with the listeners? Today? Oh, I was um, thinking about that and, and who I keep coming back to. And it's um, the lady who got me going um, into this journey quite some years ago and she wrote a book called Slow Stitch and the, the artist's name is Claire Wellesley Smith and she was kind of the precursor to me getting into the sashiko because the slow stitch is just the simple running stitch and it's how you then either build up the texture or build up the colour um, it, and that's how you create these really beautiful artworks. And she uh, even promotes having uh, like a stitch journal. So every day she would just yeah. sit down. Yeah, totally awesome. You know, just sit and do some stitching. And it could be playing with the thickness of the thread, the colour of the thread, a different way of putting your stitches together so maybe instead of horizontal rows that might be all kind of crazy and um, I just found her incredibly inspiring partly the slow stitch which kind of goes back to this uh, mindful uh, approach to making art and I also really like too that the slow stitch um, came from the slow food movement so oh. yeah yeah it kind of it really is a lifestyle philosophy we've got the slow food and the slow stitch and um, slow food is like going to the farmer's market mm. uh, make cooking cooking meals from scratch and sitting down and enjoying eating them with 
friends and family and savouring the food. So it's it's kind of in some senses going back to basics and appreciating what you have. Oh, I love that. Oh, man. You guys, you're just, you're just oh, full of great ideas today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so slow food. It's awesome. <laughs> and and it, it originated in Italy, which kind of makes sense because their food is so beautiful and their culture is all kind of focused around food. Mm-hmm. So it kind of stemmed from there. Amazing. And where can people go to learn more about Zen Stitching and about your online classes and anything else that you're up to lately? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I just realized that I have a guide for you and your listeners to download. Yeah, and this goes through everything to get started. So if you're inspired to start mending some clothes or you'd just like to know a little bit more about it, you can go to my website, which is zenstitching.ca. And then if you're after this um, free guide on how to get yeah. started, put in a yeah a forward slash, uh, the ultimate guide. And I'll also send you the link as well. Thank you so much. That's so exciting. I'm going to go download that. <laughs> <laughs> you totally should. And then once you do some stitching, I'd love to see what yeah. you do. So I would be really excited. In fact, um, I also have uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. And I'm at Zen Stitching on both of those. And if you or anyone who tries some of this Zen Stitching would tag me in those at Zen Stitching, then I can see all the beautiful things that you make yes, too. Oh my gosh, I'd love it love for people it. to um, share what they're creating and and tag you in it so that you can see all the all the people yeah. who are listening and wanting to stitch along right with you. Maybe you're listening to a podcast and sewing as you go. <laughs> That would be the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> the combination of our two worlds right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. It really is the best. Yeah, such a fun <laughs> pastime for me personally. <laughs> um, the most recent thing that I sewed was a an advent calendar. So uh, like a big sheet of fabric the size of like a pillowcase or something um, with a bunch of little pockets on there with little felt numbers stitched on. Oh, and that was... Uh, that was my latest project and I was kind of rushing to try and finish it before the start of Advent, which I didn't. So whatever, I finished it last week, but it was fine. Um, and uh, that was so lovely because things have been so friggin' busy lately. <laughs> Crazy for me. I have two jobs plus the podcast. It's just really busy right now. And um, to be able to kind of make time in my day to sit down and sew that was totally therapeutic and to kind of listen to um the podcast I was listening to right now was um Mary Kate Wiles she's a an actor she put together an audiobook version of Anne of Green Gables and listening to that um and sewing and I just feel so so chill it's great (laughs) that is such a treat to do that it really is That's probably my definition of bliss. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kate, for chatting with me today. It was so wonderful to talk and hear all about your projects and just get to gush about how much we love sewing together. That was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) 
no, it's, it's totally awesome. Thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you want to hear more from Kate, don't forget to check out the free downloadable guide in the show notes on how to get started stitching, as well as her course that you can uh, purchase on her website as well. But also just head to her website, zenstitching.ca, or find her on social media at zenstitching if you'd like to be in touch. If you like today's conversation, you'll probably also enjoy episode 44, Mend Everything with 1,000 Tiny Changes on Instagram, episode 65, Share and Rewear about the fast fashion industry with Sarah from Shop Monkuklico, and episode 111, Repair Revolution. You can find all of those and more in our archives wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know that you can leave a review for the show in app while listening? Simply scroll to the bottom of the show's page and hit as many stars as you like. And while you're at it, throw a review in to let me know what you love about Practically Zero Waste. Really, it all helps the show be seen by those who are looking for this kind of content. And may I say, I love reading what you write. You can also get in touch, send an email to practicallyzerowaste at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at practicallyzerowastepod. Like Anders, who sent an email saying, thank you so much for your podcast. My wife and I enjoy listening to it for ideas and encouragement thanks friend i'm grateful to all those who are listening and if you'd like to support the show financially you can head to coffee.com slash elspeth callahan that's ko-fi.com forward slash elspeth callahan and buy me a virtual cup of coffee to keep the show rolling that's all from me this week remember to tag at zen stitching and practically zero waste pod and all your beautiful stitching work or men jobs that you get up to this winter have a great week everyone and talk to you soon